I'm Jay Drew Silvers, and this is the Where We End Up podcast, and I have a friend here today named Chandra. She goes online by this, that, and these. She's an amazing artist and sculptor, and uh, we're going to talk to her a little bit about her experiences with her RV life and her family dynamic and all of that fun stuff, as well as her art. So thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, so this is what's kind of, this is, and, and there's more to our friendship that has been going on for a long time, but there's more to our friendship than just, um, just a typical friendship because this is the way I look at it. And I've never talked to you about this before. So correct me if I'm wrong, but there's more to oh, it. Well, okay. okay let's see. <clears throat> so, uh, we've known each other. I think we actually first spoke in, I think it was the end of like 2014 met for the first time in person through a friend in 2015 when you moved to Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, I met your husband and your children, too, who were very small at that time. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, over that time, we have become very, very close friends and talk to each other on an almost daily basis. At some point, if it's just checking in, say hello, whatever, just what, you know. So the way I, the way I think about it to a certain point, but not entirely, is that we have the type of friendship that I think we need as like creators and um, makers and business owners that own a small business where the only employee is ourselves. I say that because there is like when you work in a public job, if you work in an office, if you work in retail or a restaurant or whatever, you have coworkers, you have people that you can bounce ideas off of. You have people that you can vent a frustration to like in the moment, like things that, that you, you know, a little instance happens. It's slightly insignificant, but in the moment is something that's like kind of annoyed you to the point to where you just want to say something about it. Or you have an idea that's kind of in the moment and you want to be able to say it to someone directly, you know, verbally, vocally, um, and if you have coworkers, then you have someone there most of the time that you can say that to. And it's, it's an important way to like get stuff out of your head and get stuff out of your brain. And since you, if you work alone most of the time, which I do and you do, at least when you're actually working on your art, creating your products, whatever you're doing, you, you lack that. You don't have someone just in the room in the building, in the vicinity that you could do that, you know, express those things too, just in the moment, just to get them out of your head so you can move on with your life, move on with your day. And that's kind of the way that I view the dynamic that you and I have. And does that make sense? Is that something that you agree with or no? Definitely. It's the work vents. Yeah. We don't have, there was no work vents and my kids are so small. They don't, they never give me feedback. So (laughs) yes, thank goodness. That's absolutely right. And I've thought of it like that always. So that totally makes sense. Okay. Cause some people look at it and they're like, they're, you know, I, I'm sure some people look at it and they're like, that's kind of strange. Like, cause we're essentially the same age. Um, we are in very different places. Like, like I said, you know, I've been married to my wife Anne Marie for about a year now. You've been married for much longer. You have three kids. You've done a lot of traveling in your life through, you know, your husband's work and your other endeavors and all that stuff. So, you know, we're very different in like, where you where we stand as far as like what we've done in life and where we are right now but like on a personal kind of intellectual like we identify with each other in a lot of ways and there's never anything like weird about it because 
people automatically see like man and woman, you know, in the same age demographic, very similar in a lot of ways. They think that there's, oh, there's got to be something more to that behind that. But there's absolutely not. It never has been. Correct. That's not that's not what we've we've never had anything like that between us. And that's something that, you know, I've always my entire life. And for some reason, I, I don't know why, but I, I've had male friends, but I've never had um, super, super close male friends. Like, cause I don't, I don't care about sports. I don't care about like watching stuff on TV as far as the typical, like, you know, stereotypical guy stuff doesn't interest me. Like I have certain interests, but I don't take it to the point to where I want to watch those interests on TV and I don't want to hang out and I don't want to go to a bar and have guy talk with guys. So like since ever since I was younger, like a teenager, I've always gravitated more towards relationships with the opposite sex because it makes more sense to me. So I never viewed it that way uh, with you because that's never how I viewed anything um, as far as that goes with friendships that I create with women. So um, that's just, you know, in high school, I had a group of friends that was like six girls and like one dude other than me. So it's just, that's just, that's just how it works with me. So I don't even, I don't even look at it that way because it's just so normal. And like, I just let things kind of naturally, like if you're going to be connected to someone, just let yourself be connected. You know, that's, that's my thought on it. It doesn't, for me, it's not the sex. It's just, if there's a connection, there's a connection. I've just always been the same way. And I've also had friends, more friends, probably in the opposite sex. It was always easier. Yeah, <laughs> it was just easier for me. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's wherever you are mentally, and that's that's where I've always been, and maybe that's why, in some ways, I was so far removed from like never really being interested in dating until I was really serious about wanting to be in a strong, long term relationship. Like I never cared about that stuff because I I didn't need it. I was fueled in other ways. Um, but aside from that, so less about me. I, w- I want to know more about, or I guess we want to know more about, um, your background. And this this is a, whenever I introduce you to people, like especially uh, like my family and stuff, because our families are interconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess my family, even Anne-Marie, my wife's family, they have a connection to you too because, you know. You're, I'm everywhere. You're everywhere. <laughs> that's That's the awesome dynamic is like. My mom has your contact and she can talk to you whenever she wants to and you can talk to her whenever you want to. And then uh, you can talk to Anne Marie's mom whenever you want to. And you have in, you know, in some cases when you need to. Um, and so I got a Christmas card this year. <laughs> you got a Christmas I feel, card. I feel part of the family. See, so <laughs> that, that, that's so like, I, I think that's just, that's just really cool. And yeah. when um, this is something that Anne Marie and I, we, when we decided when we, when we pinned down a date and where we wanted to get married, because us living in Georgia, just north of Atlanta, um, we wanted to get married somewhere with a very limited number of people, um, something more, I guess, exotic to us. I know that where we ended up being married was not necessarily exotic to people that live in that area. But to us, it was somewhere exotic. It was somewhere different. It was somewhere that we could take amazing pictures. So we decided on the Arizona desert. And when we were trying to figure that out, we're like, well, who's going to marry us? Like, who, who's going to do that? Duh. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, cause you know, we don't know anybody in Arizona that has that capability. That's like to that point of like, Hey, like, will you come marry us? It would just be someone that we paid. So the Anne Marie, we're just sitting around. She's like, what about Chandra? And I'm like, what? And she's like, why don't you see if she'll do it? Because they're going to be there, you know, at our wedding. So see if she'd be willing to do it because, you know, she's like, can't you just get like a, uh, like a universal type, 
uh, clergy, and then you can just go through the motions and become an ordained minister, and then you can facilitate weddings. And then you, I asked you, and what was your reaction to that? Well, it was like an immediate, like, freak out, nervous. I can't do that in my mind. But I said, yes, of course. And it wasn't hard. And it was so fun and just an amazing experience and very honored to be able to do that. I kind of walk around bragging and I have a card now. I'm like an ordained minister, technically, um, in Arizona. It's kind of a big deal. Um, so, And I'm all excited now because I might actually marry some other people as well and get ordained in another state. So this just started a whole new thing. The clay moon <laughs> goddess moves on I to facilitating marry. weddings. Yeah. Yes, I also marry people. Oh, that, that's so cool. Because you went, we went, you went full bore. Like you got, like you can just do it. And you can get like a simple uh, certificate, whatever. Just you know, register with the state, all that stuff. Or you can go through and you can actually buy uh, the little cards and stuff that says like clergy that'll get you into like hospitals. And, and you, you went full bore. Like you got, I, all I got stuff. the the major package. <laughs> I got all the things. <laughs> I mean, it works obviously because. Uh, you signed our wedding. You you performed our wedding, and it was wonderful. Um, our wedding video is up on um, Instagram on my account. If no one's ever seen it on J. Drew Silver's, it's somewhere in there. It was posted a couple months after we got married in March of 2022. Um, so if anybody wants to see that, you can see that, and you can hear her voice. It's a very well done production. Uh, so I'm I'm like super excited that she was a part of it, and not only was she a part of it. Um, but her family was also there. Her husband and her three kids were there and they are, you know, a part of it. They're in our wedding pictures and it's, it was, it was, it was a pretty magical, um, a pretty magical day. So that's a, an interesting dynamic that you and I have that I think is like super important and helps each of us grow, um, in a lot of different ways that is kind of rare to find in a friendship. Cause we've never, um, we never like disagreed about anything that like, pushes us to the point of like, I don't want to talk mm -hmm. to you. Like it's never been that way. It's been like about eight years or so. And we've, I don't, I can't think of a single time where I've said something that pissed you off so much that you were like, I don't want to talk to him for three or four days. I'm going to ignore him. Like, it's never like that. That you know of. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I could probably timestamp it if I check through enough and figure out when that was, if it ever happened, but if it didn't, no. Um, okay. So, uh, that's something that I think is important about you. And then I want to share your, so the thing that I had to explain to people that I, I kind of missed this earlier, but the thing I kind of had to explain to people is um, how to say your name because people try to overpronounce it when I, when they see it. Yeah. And I'm sure I've never talked to you about that, but I'm sure you've noticed that because every time that I, your name is in text and I like, show it to anybody that hasn't ever met you in person or spoken to you otherwise they want to over enunciate it and make it more fancy than it is I know. chandra 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 but it's just chandra it's just hard vowels just to the point kind of name and i and the reason i bring that up is because of where you grew up in the environment people like oh that's such like an exotic like name like she must be of some like fancy like european origin and all this tradition and stuff but tell people where you're from and what that is like <laughs> so my name is chandra and how i tell people to pronounce it is think of like jackie chan and for some reason that little um 
tip. Everyone's like, oh yeah, Chandra. And then from, but if I don't say that, it's almost like they just can't comprehend. Mm. So anyway, um, I was born and raised in Vermont in a very small town of like 600 people. Um, and my mom found my name actually in a love novel she was reading and it has an Indian origin and it means God of the moon. Oh. Um, so growing up in Vermont, um, in that town, my name was constantly mispronounced as what we had just discussed. Chandra, Chandra. I've even been called Cassandra. There are no S's in my name, but somehow that has come about. And then my last name, my maiden name is Kais, which is spelled K-E-Y-E-S. So I was my whole life, I've been Chandra Keys. Um, so I've never really been... <laughs> <laughs> what I was named as, but, you know, sometimes when I met my husband, um, you know, I would introduce myself and people would just be like, oh, hi, Chandra, hi, nice to meet you. And I would never correct them. I just, I let it go. My husband was always like, All right, that's not your name though. You need to correct them. Like, and I'm just like, God, I, at this point, I just let it go. So, yeah. Yeah, I've got not exactly completely similar, but it's a Southern tradition that I don't like. And this is something that's been like a thing in my family for generations. And I I, I have no interest in, I, I don't know why it exists. I don't know why it's a thing. But my that's why I go by J.J. Silvers, because my first name is Jonathan, but I've never in my life, like growing up, gone by Jonathan. So when you enter into like, what you know, elementary school, middle school, high school, college, all of my stuff says Jonathan and it doesn't matter how hard you try. You'll never get people to call you the name that you preferred. Like they're always going to put it on the sheet for your new teachers and your new professors and whatever else is going to be your first name. And so I've gone by drew my entire life that only changed. Um, when I started, you know, my business that's based around my name, J drew silvers. And then my business contacts for the most part, anyone that I work with on a professional level, I keep it Jonathan and I don't tell them any different only because it's easier for me. It gives me a way to kind of separate, you know, if this person's calling me Jonathan, it's a business contact and in my brain, it clicks a little harder. Like this is who I'm talking to. And it's not like a, a disconnect to a relationship because I have strong relationships with business stuff um, regardless of that. But it's, it makes it easier for like, if they have to send me invoices or whatever it is, then it's, it, it's in my legal name, but I always had to correct people socially like it's not jonathan it's true and so yours is yours is worse because but my husband lived that life oh that's right so he has two names yeah he has two <laughs> names and he's not from the south but no but he also does the same thing like on really important documents it's just his real name and then you know if he meets someone it's his other name so ah yeah, yeah. so it, it's similar, uh, but you know your your last name now is is obviously French and yes, very French. Is that that's not as oh hard. that gets butchered. Oh, well, it does. That, oh yes. Oh okay. That is, yes. So you never escaped it. No. <laughs> no, you're right. I never did. But hey, that's... I've become numb to it though at this point. I <laughs> just let it go. <laughs> right. Oh man. So okay. So growing up in Vermont, small town. Everybody knows each other, right? So yep. it's, it's one of those kind of Mayberry existence, like where everybody knows the butcher, everybody knows the guy that works in the grocery store, everybody knows the teachers, like, and I'm going to imagine a lot of gossip circulates. It's just small town America stuff, yep. right? Yep. Um, so then you got, you left that small town environment um, at what point? Like what led up to that? Well, I had... Um... 
so I graduated high school and I was just like looking for jobs and um, I got this job recommendation that oh, I got a recommendation from someone that I should be working at this butcher shop because it was um, they needed help I'd be great at the at the front desk so I just I was like okay it was a butcher shop sorry it's a little TMI but um, slash country store so quaint old Vermont little country store so I'd be running like the front and and doing all the grocery stuff and whatnot so I started working there and I um, met my husband that I am with now um, uh, sorry, I, I lost my train of thought. Was he the butcher? Yes, he was the butcher at okay. the time. So, okay. um, so I met him, and um, we were only, let's see, we, we got to know each other for a few years before we dated, and we had only been technically dating for like two months, and he had this awesome job offer um, in Boston. And for his age and where he was at in his career, like it would be very ridiculous if he didn't take this job. Because he was in his 20s. Yeah, he was in his 20s. Okay. And he just had this huge opportunity. And he was, I, I could tell he was torn because I, he thought maybe I was not going to be all about it. So he was ready to, for me to just be like, no, I'm not coming with you. But when he said, you know, he got this job and he's, he's going to be moving to Boston and, you know, no pressure on me to go, but he would like it. If I went, but if if I didn't, he would be willing to drive back every weekend, you know, to make it work. And I was like, oh heck no, uh, bring me with you. So. So how far is Boston from where you were? Two and a half hours. Okay, that's not close. So it's no, not, it's but, not impossible, but it's not close. It's not close. It wasn't impossible. It would have been a lot of work, but no, I just I had nothing going on at that point. I think I had just started taking some college classes, but it was just like prereq things, and mm. it was very easily. Like I could just stop it at any point. So I did. I just left with him and um, I had just gotten my driver's license because I got my driver's license very late in life. Um, so and learning to drive in a town that's mainly dirt roads with no traffic lights, I was pushed right into the Boston driving. <sighs> so I feel like that's maybe why I have a lead foot and a little more aggressive than I need to be because I like was surviving down there just trying to drive. Um, and it was a huge shock for me. So you went from dirt roads, yep. wide open spaces to major city, America, East coast, like probably five lanes of traffic five. roundabouts. I was like, Oh my God, yeah, it was terrifying. <laughs> and then all those, you know, all the streets like actually in Boston are ancient. So they're yeah. horse and buggy width. So you're having to navigate all that with the modern car. I don't even want to do that now. Oh, like, yeah. so <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that sounds chaotic. Yeah. Um, okay. So you spend time in Boston and then now there's quite a chronology between what happened after Boston. So, so a lot happened, a lot, <laughs> a lot happened. So let's, let's see what you can piece together from what happened from the move to Boston and then you and Ryan eventually settling down, getting married and then run it all the way until you end up in Georgia and let's see where that goes. And you don't, you know, you don't have to go too crazy with it. No, but... I'll just like skim the surface on. Okay. So like when we moved down to, let's just say outside of Boston, it wasn't like directly in Boston, but a lot of our driving wasn't in there. But anyway, um, we moved to probably seven different towns between 2006 and 2000 and... 12. Oh, but you know what? This timeline's going to get crazy. Maybe I shouldn't word it like that. Okay. okay. So let me just, so, okay. So 
Yeah, you don't need to put definite years on it. No, and so we moved around a lot. We didn't have kids at this point, so we were just like testing out different areas and apartments and like what we liked. And mm -hmm. um, then in 2008, I uh, I was proposed to and I accepted in February. So how long were you together at that point? That was um, two years. Two years. Okay. We were together two years. See if we liked each other enough, you know. Um, and we did. So. He proposed in February, and then about a month later, I got pregnant with my first child, and I was like, oh, crap, because we were planning on getting married in the fall, and I'm thinking, doing the math, I'm like, I'm going to be kind of large in the fall. I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I want to do a wedding then, because um, I want to just, I want to look nice in my dress, so we actually moved the wedding up to uh, July. Ah. So it was very aggressive. We just, uh, boom, 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 made it happen. And we had a child, and then we moved. Um, we moved to New Jersey. My husband took another job. Um, excuse me. We moved to Pennsylvania, but the stepping stone was we had to get down there so we could start working. So we just moved to New Jersey, and then right across the border to Pennsylvania, we ended up buying a house mm -hmm. in Bethlehem. Um, then from there, we went back to Massachusetts. <laughs> so it was back and forth. Had another kid. Had a couple other kids. Sorry, we had two more kids in this process. Wow. Um, so after Massachusetts, oh my gosh, we went to, okay, this was, this was awful because our parents, they thought we were just gone forever. We, we gave them the news that we were moving to Omaha, Nebraska. Oof. And uh, that's a long way away. Because we were only two hours from them. That was doable. They could get to us for holidays. We could go up there right. in Vermont. It was very easy when we were in Mass. Even in Pennsylvania, that wasn't a bad drive. Right. Um, but no, now we we're just we're going across the country. Oh, my gosh. But we were only there for a year. And then went from there to Georgia, okay. where we were there for the longest. And that's where we, in that era, that was when we kind of met because we were in the same type of creative circle with a bunch of other people that were like yeah. in that area based around social media, based around Instagram. Um, and that's how you and I first connected. And in the beginning, it wasn't like instant, whatever. It was just like we had some conversations and group chats and whatever mm -hmm. initially. And then you started, you bought a few things from my shop. And then I think the last thing at that point, because you were like, I'm moving to Georgia. And I'm like, oh, interesting. Um, and then you were like, I think, I think what happened was you bought something and you're like, we're moving in like two weeks or something. Just hold on to it until I get there. I'll give you my new address, whatever. Cause mm. you, you bought something from me. And, um, so you moved. So where I live is on the top of Atlanta in the Northern suburbs. Like if you hit it without traffic, you can enter into the downtown area of, of Atlanta from where I live in like 30, 35 minutes or so. Um, the airport is on the bottom of the city and that's the area that your family settled in and um that you were you you're in a you were in a nice spot because you were still like probably 20 minutes from being downtown if you wanted to be in the city life and then you were like 15 from the airport if you had to go anywhere or fly anywhere and i think that was that was part of the reason anyway was because ryan traveled a lot yeah that's why I moved so you you wanted to be near the airport and that house that you lived in i loved it me too okay <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, it was way too big for uh, any, I, for us, we didn't need all that space, but because now I live in an RV, so it's very, it just right. seems very unneeded. Yeah, I, I understand. But it's, it was, 
the property was so nice because it was like you had two backyards pretty much because there was like a fence in the middle and there was like a second backyard. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you had a nice little, not quite a full pool, but you had a nice patio and stuff. And I'm like, wow, like I looked at that and I was like, wow, if they're ever going to be planted somewhere, this is probably where they're going to be planted because Anne Maria and I visited your house. We thought so. Yeah. Because it seemed like you set it up that way because it was in a really nice area and it had a, you know, all the, all the stuff you needed. The school system there was good. That's another reason why we chose that town. It had like the top readings for uh, the area. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Also. Yeah. So you, you, you really planted it and set it out and did it, you know, to the best that you thought. And then, <laughs> then things <Thumbs> changed <laughs> because, um, now, you, you can correct me if I'm wrong in any of this, but I'm just giving my timeline of it to maybe set it up a little bit. Um, Ryan start, always traveled quite a bit. You know, that was that's just part of what he does. And so that, like I said, that's part of the reason why he chose to be near the airport. Um, you know, Atlanta has a huge airport. It's really busy. It goes everywhere all the time. It's always called the world's busiest airport. So that's what you hear on the news all the time. And I, and I know it annoys people that live locally to hear it all the time, but I don't think people realize how massive that airport is. And it's, it's a really great place to be if you travel a lot because you literally can take a flight to anywhere else in the United States with like a couple hours notice in most cases. Like it, it, it goes everywhere. Yeah. But um, so... I think he started working more on the West Coast and out West at that point, at some point in time after you lived in Georgia, right? He was flying out more often than normal, right? Maybe. I think, I because that, that's what I think I, I remember. Think of what company, yeah. Yeah, it seems like, I think he was opening something in California or was going to or something like that. And he needed to be out in that, or maybe it was out West somewhere, not California, but I'm sure he'll scrutinize. I was going to say he's going to listen and be like, "Wait a minute." Yeah, he's going to listen and be like, "No, he got it wrong." And he's he gonna... needs to do his own podcast so he can correct everything that I said. <laughs> Ryan, if you're listening, <laughs> you can come on and you can debunk every myth we've put out. You can do that, I promise. Um, but anyway, so you were kicking it around for a while, and you're like trying. You're at some point you said to me, "You're like." I asked Ryan if we could just buy an RV and just drive around and live in it. And, you know, cause if he's flying out and traveling a lot anyway, then he can fly into whatever airport we're close to, you know, the kids can have a wonderful experience and, you know, they can experience all these national parks and all these different environments and, um, the beauty that exists in, um, North America, the beauty that exists in the United States because it's so vast and everything's so different. And most people I think would look at someone that they knew that brought that up and they'd be like, you're going to what? <laughs> but when you told me that I, I sat back for a second and I'm like, no, that makes sense. Just because of who, who you are, just because of what, you know, the relationship that we have and, you know, anyone else would, would say that like, okay, we have friends that lived in a van for a couple of years traveling, doing pretty much the same thing, but they're single adults and they're in their twenties and, that's that doesn't seem quite as detrimental that doesn't seem like such mm -hmm. a big shift like you can yeah. do that and you can always kind of bail if you need to and just do whatever but if you're married for a long time and you have three kids and you've always lived in a house even if your houses are scattered all around the eastern part of the united states but you've always lived in a house and then you make that shift and you're like okay i'm gonna put my three kids into an rv with myself and my husband and just kind of drive around and do all these experiences 
if anyone else that wasn't you said that, I'd be like, that sounds like a disaster. Yeah. But just knowing you and that, that was why I wanted your backstory because you grew up kind of in the same yeah. whatever mile radius. And then you took the opportunity to leap and go to a major city when you had it. And you're like, okay, let's do this. Let's, and if you made that decision younger and then you move that many times in the process and you've lived all over the place, that's why I'm sitting there like, yeah, okay. Anybody else know this? Okay. Like what, what was it? What, what specifically, like when was your aha moment of like, because I don't know if you're bouncing things around, like other solutions of, you know, do we want to move Georgia and leave? Because like you said, you, you would kind of set set down standards, set down roots, like this might be where we kind of stay. And then what clicked? Was there a motion of like, we need to buy a house somewhere else? Or was it just like, no, we're doing this? So I'm going to back up a little okay. bit on Ryan's um, work. So what had happened in the spring of um, 2019 he had a job offer from a different company. Okay. And so when he presented it to me, he was like, if I take this job, I'm going to be gone every week and uh. home on the weekends. Um, but maybe there would be during each month, he would be home for a two week stint. Who knows? It was a lot of travel. And I'm like, um, so he'd always traveled, but this was but like, this was like a steady, okay. his travel was kind of like once a month, there'd be a big trip. And okay. then two days here, three days here, but this was very, so I really like sat on that, like, okay, this is cool. We had already, sorry, let me back up even more. Okay. In 2017, we pulled our kids from public school and started homeschooling. So living that life already on the road, um, uh, not on the road, living that life, you know, having the kids at home and, and doing homeschooling, I thought, well, wouldn't it be cool to road school? So wherever, whatever city Ryan was traveling to, if it was near, maybe the kids and I could, if he was out there and he could be out there for a couple of weeks, maybe we go out there and we experience that city. That's like getting a sprinter van and living in a van with the kids. Um, I was thinking, okay, I would do that because I really want him to take this job. It was a great opportunity for him, but I was trying to be like, how do we make everyone happy? Um, so then him and I were just actually... We were, we were beekeepers in Georgia, so we were tending bees one day, and we were outside. And I, I remember the day, too, because we were on the golf cart driving around doing bee stuff. And I was like, imagine if we, like, sold everything and just moved into an RV. And, and we just laughed. We, like, laughed about it like it was a joke. And then, like, I really, after I said those words, I started thinking that day, wait, what if? And then that night, we were like, what if? So I'll just say in May of 2019 is when we said, what if? And then by that October, we had already sold our house, got an RV, and we're, we're hitting the road. So we were very, very aggressive with that plan. Yeah. Um, and here we are. So. Yeah, that, that landed quick. Like, I rem <laughs> it just seemed like you told me that, and then you're like, house is on the market. Like, yeah. <laughs> two weeks later, I'm like, what? It like, was one of the most stressful times of my life. Yeah, because you were like, oh, I'm, I'm looking for, you know, I'm having painters come out and you know, just to give me estimates on how much it's going to cost to paint the inside of the house. Do you understand? Do you know how much it costs to paint the inside of the house? <laughs> I remember you saying that to me and I'm like, yeah, actually I do. But yeah, that, that's, that's crazy. Like that's a lot. And I'm thinking like, wow, like this isn't as simple as just like, let's pack up and go. This is like, right. we got a lot of crap. We got to take care of before we leave. Everything had to line up. Everything had to line up. And then you, I remember you had 
a hard time with your hot tub slash mini pool in your backyard and getting all that sorted out because anyone who's going to buy a house that has an in-ground whatever type thing like that, you got to, you know, you were okay with it not working 100%. Right, because, yeah, we use it as a pool for the kids. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the heated, like, oh, this is a spa type thing yeah. for them. It was just like the kids can jump in it and they're small enough they won't hit yeah. the bottom. But, you know, all these little things that you had, I just remember you having to go through all that. And I actually ended up buying one of your golf carts and giving yeah. it to my parents. And they still have that. <clears throat> but so that was, like I said, it just, it made sense to me that that was, that was the route that you would take. That was what you would do. And then um, I, I think, so in context, people think like RV and they don't, they think like Ford Econoline bus with a, a cube on the back of it. But what you guys did is you actually, like this was supposed to be an actual living situation. So you bought like a motor coach, like a tour bus. Like yeah. that was, that was the approach. It's like, if we're going to go from a house to an RV, we're going to have it be as close to being a house as possible. That's reasonable. Right. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the approach you took. And how long did it take you to pick that out? <laughs> that was part of the stressful process. Cause it was like, you know, doing stuff in the house, but then also going out to these places to like walk through and it's in Georgia, it was hot, you know, just, it was a lot of, I don't know. We probably went five different times and finally pinpointed one and, and it was a group decision. It wasn't just Ryan and I, cause with the kids and everything, we make sure that their input is, is heard. And so we all decided on this one and landed on it. See that, I think that's important too, like to why it has worked as well as it has, because it wasn't just like, okay, we're going to pawn the kids off with their friends or, you know, our friends or whatever, have someone watch the kids. And we're going to spend all day on a Saturday looking at RVs. And then we're just going to bring one home one day. Like that's what it's going to be. But the kids were involved. Like I remember you saying, like, you know, you wanted them to see where they were sleeping Yes. because it's not like having a room. It's not like, you know, having a space to yourself, like for the most part, they're cohabitating very closely with yeah. not just you, but each other. Mm -hmm. when you know and something as like as important as this is where i sleep like this is where my brain unwinds at the end of the day yep so they were they helpful in that or were they they were so little like if you think about like i have teenagers now but they're like they were just so more easygoing like this is fun this is great <laughs> now as teens are like this is small like oh this is, yeah what were we thinking and, but that, that plays into the whole, like, that was, it seemed like the opportune time, right? Yeah, it was perfect. Because if you, if you decided, like, this is, this is what we want to do, and then they were already, like, 13 years old, like, because your oldest is 14, right? Yeah. So, say they were 14 and 12, that would be a completely different thing, because at that point in time, you want space. You want a little more, and you're not used to it, and you, you're not used to being more confined at that point, in most cases. So like, cause your kids, they weren't sharing a room or anything no. before that. So now it's pretty much three of them are kind of sharing a room in a way. Yeah. We're all sharing a room. Yeah. So, but you and Ryan do have like, yeah, we do have a door. You do have a door. And that's all they ask for. They're like, we just want doors. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't ask for a big room or any, a bed, just a door just a <laughs> for door. privacy, you that, know, that, listen to music, just do their own thing. Yeah. That's fair. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like growing up at that point and you're like, the preteen slash teen years, that's when you want to be alone when you want to be alone. You don't want to necessarily have all the social stimulation, even if it's, well, especially sometimes if it's your own family, depending on where your brain is. Um, but then 
I remember, I think you first went to visit your sister in Florida after you officially moved out and jumped in and you went to Florida for a while and you stayed there. And then the, what's so compelling to me about all of this is that you didn't just make this huge, like life altering kind of move, but it was like a few months after you did it, the pandemic hit. Yes. And then that. I'd imagine in some ways would have made a big impact because the whole point was like, we're going to travel, we're going to do stuff, like we're going to do stuff. And then the world shuts down in the initial like six months, not knowing anything about anything about what's going on. And, you know, what was, what was it like to go from carefree, like a few months of doing this massive plan that we did and then First of all, how did it go for the first few months with the kids? And then after that, roll into, like, how did it change once the world shut down? Mm. Okay, so when in October, I think it might have been, oh, the day before Halloween, we had sold our house, and we we'd already purchased the RV, like, a couple days before it was parked out front of the house. So we literally, like, sold the house, jumped in the RV, and drove down to Florida. And... um stayed in an RV park down there and then with my sister a little bit. And that was kind of our, it was scary to just kind of hit the road. Um, Cause my husband still had a little bit of work that he could do in Florida. So he was like, let's kind of do the, a slow transition. So we went down with my sister where it was safe. We knew people, we were just kind of acclimating to that life, but with family around and we stayed for Christmas. We did Christmas with my sister. And then that spring is when the pandemic hit. And our 2020 travel plan completely changed. Instead of doing our trip um, around the whole entire um, U.S., we just booked it to California where my husband knew that he would have an office to work at and we could just kind of quarantine there and we could go from our little RV to and he he could just drive into work. And like that was our only little, that's what we did. We just kind of like were freaked out. Everyone was scared. So we just I guess we could just say we quarantined in, in Petaluma, California at a campground with a bunch of other scared people and we just kind of survived together the whole summer. And that was when the forest, the forest fires around there were so bad um, that year that it was like the pandemic, it was like the forest fires, it was so crazy. I just, I'm just thinking back at it, like my kids went through all of that, like it was, that was nuts. Mm-hmm. And everything was different, we had no travel plan, we were just kind of, what's next, you know? So that's... That's that. Yeah, I, I remember you saying like there's like stuff floating in the air from the fires. Kids that, couldn't play outside. Yeah. And then that's at that point in that fall, we like we can't live here anymore. So then we went to Vegas where our friend our friends live in Vegas. So we went there because we knew people there. And Ryan also could work out of an office there. You know, if we're not going to travel, he wanted to have an office. So then we went to Vegas and we've been in Vegas <laughs> well, since then. <laughs> so... I remember, so, but this is what I do remember about that, um, that point in time, because you said it was Petaluma and you kind of fell in love with Petaluma though at the same time, like you kind of wanted to get out because of certain things because of like, you know, the wildfires and the crap floating in the air and, uh, you felt, you felt trapped just because you were trapped. But I remember you having a lot of kind of, um, artistic, like renaissance in your own head when you lived there. For I was that so inspired living there. I could totally, like if my husband was like, let's move to Petaluma. Yep, let's go. 
Cause I love it. It's a lot of what, what's the, what's your, what's the nature dynamic? Like, because I know that you spend a lot of time because obviously you can't go anywhere and do like a lot of stuff at that point because it's, you know, pandemic, nobody knows what's going on. No one has answers. So you spent a lot of time outside and at the, on the coast, on the coast, just exploring all of the coast. I mean, you can't really swim in the waters there because it's so cold. So we just like walk the beaches and explored all of the different stones that California has to offer and the trails and we just survived outside. Yeah. Is that where, is that where the river was? The Russian river? Yes. It is. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yes. So, and that's where the tenement camp was, right? For, or the, that was actually, um, not on the coast. That was along a river. We found a whole community of, they weren't homeless cause they had, they had built homes in the oh, okay. rocks and the caves and they had little shanties made of rags and like they had, they had a community there. So we like to, we like to visit them and bring them boxes of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I, that was something that struck me about that too, because you were like, you told me about it and you're like, yeah, you kind of just go off the beaten path and you just, you know, there are a lot of people, um, that live in the area that do use, I guess, those trail system, you know, walking up the river and stuff just as like exercise, nature experiences. And then you just, you get to a certain point and you're in like this campground of just a bunch of people who yeah. commune and live together and they've lived there for a long time. Like, did you have a relationship with anyone who lived there? Um, I met one <clears throat> a Native American woman named Wendy um, and uh, she was super sweet and I, we got talking and she asked what I did for work, so I told her. And then I said, next time I came, oh my gosh, they don't have phones or anything, so how we communicate if we were coming down, we'd be like cuckoo cuckoo or some sort of like <laughs> call, and it would just symbol like signal signal that we were there. I, I was hearing them do that, and it was whether, oh. they had certain different calls that would mean, you know, Luke's home or someone's here. Or, so that's like knocking on a door. That's like, I'm coming to your house right now, and that's yeah. like their little warning of there's someone coming in. Yeah, they had like different calls, but I would just like, you know, do some weird. Well, thing. you don't know their language of how to so communicate. Like Wendy, I'm here because. So this is what I did. I, I had met her. I told her I'd bring her a goddess and a crystal next time mm -hmm. I came down, and I did. She was not there though, and I haven't seen her since. Um, and actually, we were there last summer, and the whole community has been picked up, and they're gone. So uh, I don't know where they went. But you said they kept it very nice, though. They kept it. They had. They had. I saw where they had been planting trees. There was a new growth. They like they were planting stuff to like bring up the earth. They had a fig tree that had like fresh figs on it. They would, oh, it was awesome. So, it was a cool little community. But that was just, that's what they wanted to do. Yeah. That, that was where they wanted to be. I feel like, I feel like they were pushed out of there. It's what it kind of looked like. There was like a lot of stuff left. I just feel like they were kind of pushed out. I don't know. Like they, they wouldn't, they would, from what you told me about it, their, that, that was essentially their house. Like they just lived in their different, like quote unquote rooms of like where, you know, whatever structure they stayed in. Uh, individually but it was like everyone like this is our house so we keep it clean yeah i keep we keep it neat we keep it tidy um and that's the thing like you unless you were there in the moment you don't really know why they're not there anymore yeah i don't i was sad because i wanted to see everyone it's been a few years and like, then you hey. just you make the journey over there and then they're just not there yeah like i, I would love to know where they are though I know. Maybe you'll visit again and they will be reset up again maybe they just i know. plan on going again oh okay definitely wow that's awesome. So then you, you, you met all your, all your fun friends there and there was, so at that point you had been staying in different RV parks, um, campgrounds, that kind yeah. of thing for yeah. that entire 
process. But what a lot of people don't know, and I, this is something that I see in like community groups that I'm in on Facebook, um, is that people are like, I'm going to, I'm going to fix up a school bus and live in a schoolie, or I'm going to, you know, buy a Ford transit van or a sprinter and I'm going to fix it up and I'm going to live in that and just travel around and just park it for months on end. And then everybody will chime in and they'll be like, that doesn't match code. Like you can't even park an RV for more than depending on where you are. It's always different, but you know, this, you know, this community, this County, this city, you can only park your RV, your van, your dwelling. You can only do that for, you know, a week or two weeks or three weeks. And Mm -hmm. then we have to get you out. Like you've got to pack up and move, get out of the park or at least move to the other side of it. Like you can't just live here on a consistent basis. So that's kind of the setup that you had to do wherever you did stop for a period of time, right? You mean like boondocking without a campground? Oh, no. I mean, like, well, I guess maybe. You, did you ever do that? I don't think you did. Not really. Okay. No. But you did, you like, you would park off somewhere and then you would be there as long as they would let you, but then you kind of... Some parks, yeah, you actually have to physically move your RV to out of the park for a whole day and then you can come back in. Okay. So... Will yeah. some of them hold the spot for you or is it just no. like, no, I didn't think so. So if there's nothing available after that 24 hour, you know, period, then you just got to find somewhere else to go. We just park on the side of the road somewhere, spend the night and then go back. It's um, silly. And that's got to be difficult too, because I know a lot of people are, a lot of businesses are cracking down on that. I saw a lot of like big box stores and stuff that are really. Oh, the RVs out front. Yeah. Yeah. Some Walmarts let you, we've, we've been very fortunate and. They've let us stay, but at 7 a.m. they honk through, get out, everyone. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Some some do that. I, th- I think that might be one of those cases of like a few people kind of ruin it for yeah, everybody. Yeah, definitely. Like leaving trash Probably out. set up camp there. You know what I mean? We yeah. don't set up. We just pull the slides out, sleep, pull in, go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, that that makes sense. But so you live that life of like a couple of weeks at a time living in the same spot and then you move around and yes. you've met other people that do the same thing. Like there are mm-hmm. a lot of families that do the same thing. Right? Yeah. I have friends now I've met on the road that we're still, we're still friends now and a lot of connections. We have a lot of things in common, so it's easy to connect on that. So yeah. And like, that's their full-time thing. Like that's just what they yeah. do just like you do. But then, you know, some people probably have, you know, the tow behind, like where they go, they got to hitch to the back of a truck and, yeah. you know, tow their RV around. Some people are in it because they want to be in it. And some people are also in it because they don't have a choice. Right. We met all walks of life, especially in Petaluma. There was people that, um, yeah, like they had to live in their RV, but like sometimes they can only afford rent for one week. And then like my son had met a, a, a friend there, but he was there some weeks and some weeks they would sleep in the field because they couldn't afford. So they, you know, raise enough money and then they could, and we actually raised money, a couple hundred dollars for them to stay in the park for like a consecutive amount of time. Oh, wow. So it wasn't much, but we, we managed to collect $200. <laughs> yeah. I th- I, Cause I think a lot of people have this like mentality of um, the people that are out, out doing this, the people that are living this life are like a lot of times, and, and I'm sure it is true, but a lot of, a lot of people probably assume it's just like privileged people that mm-hmm. have no monetary restrictions, like trust fund people, or they make six figures anyway and just travel remotely and stuff. And it's an enchanted life and everything. But for a lot of people that you met, it's probably the complete opposite, right? Yeah. And yeah, that's what we experienced in Petaluma. For the first time, I kind of saw that life of um, the, the constant moving, like, yeah, we got to leave today because we don't have enough for rent for the week. So we got to go. It's like back and forth. So, and, and when you have an RV, every when you 
when you park it and you set up, it's a lot of setup mm -hmm. to move for one day. It's a lot of work to pack it all up. And then the next day unpack, it's like, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. so, so I feel for them, but they're living it. They're yeah. making it work. Was that, was the, you didn't, you obviously were, you were able to just kind of schedule where you were going to be and just. Yes. Yeah, so we tried to be more like that instead of like, hope for the best when we get there. Yeah. Like, you know, so. And so that, how did your kids do with that? Like realizing like at some point we've got to pack up like all of our stuff and make sure it's secure because you have to be very, very particular about how stuff is stored on an RV before you drive it away. Did that bother them? Was it like, Oh, I don't want to do my chores. Like, cause it, cause I, I look at that as like, uh, unloading the dishwasher, doing the laundry, you know, vacuuming the floors. Like that's the stuff of like a typical, like chore of a teenager, preteen child and your kids. It's like, no, you've, you've literally got to pack up all your stuff, put it away yeah. to where it's not going to sling all over the floor when we take a turn. And then like, Oh, is it, is it hard? Is it like pulling teeth or is it? No, like at the beginning it was just a learning experience. Like what exactly do we need to pack up? Cause mm. we were very cocky when we left. We thought we could have all this stuff out. And uh, let me tell you, I thought it would be fun to fill up one of those Gatorade coolers, those orange ones with ice water. So we just had it on the road and I had it on the shelf, but Ryan had to slam on his brakes cause someone went in front of us and that cooler went, okay. So it was the back and back of the RV slip fell water and ice all down the floor to oh. Ryan went underneath our feet. It was a mess. Sorry, too close. No, yeah, you're um, <laughs> yeah. So now it's routine. They just, they know what they're doing. They it's know efficient. what boxes. Cause we've, we've trial and error. Like we bought different boxes to put things in and we, we just know it. No, they don't give me any, any problems with it. Oh. Only I have one child who has anxiety every time we leave. Cause it's a lot for them to process the whole up. So Oh yeah. Only one of them has a little bit of a yeah, freak out. That can be expected. Wait, we're, we're going. <laughs> and I'm sure the others do and they just hide it a little bit better. Yeah. There's always something like there's, there's always a sense of like, did I do everything? Like when, like even whenever I leave my house, I'm like, is, did, did I turn this off? Did yeah. I do this? Did I do that? It's more of like, but you're packing it up and then you're like riding in it, like, and then yeah. going to your next space. And it's like, okay, so if I didn't do this right, this thing's going to fly off the counter and hit me in the head. Right. And we have a checklist now and Ryan and I work very well together. We do the lights, we check the blinker, we do everything together in a checklist in order. And then because we've made a lot of mistakes, <laughs> a lot of thousands of dollars in damage later, we've made a lot of mistakes. So there's more to it than people think. Yeah. Like there, there's definitely more to it. Like at least if you live in a van with one other person, a lot of it's just like mattress and bed so if something flies around it's probably not as catastrophic but you're talking about something that has like you know laminate floors and hard surfaces everywhere and then on the other note of that um this is something that i'm sure a lot of people have asked you so when you travel in the rv how do seat belts work um so seat belts there are obviously ryan and i his driver's seat my passenger seat has a nice seat belt the couch has two seat belts and then the dinette has two seat belts. Um, do we always wear them? No. Hmm. That's, I mean, <laughs> if, if I do in the front, but yeah. like, it's kind of like the school bus situation and the tour. I mean, who's wearing the seat belts sitting down? My kids are not running around. Yeah. But... I mean, I, I know people that are in music and spent, you know, many years of their lives on tour buses mm -hmm. and it's kind of the same thing. When it's... we left the first day we left, we were all buckled up right. because it was, I, I don't know like what the etiquette was. And I just had all the kids very securely in. Yeah. Well, but I'm, we've changed them. 
I mean, I, I can imagine if something's going to take out a, a motor coach RV or something like that, it's probably going to be quite a bit more catastrophic than that's going to assist in, at least for the people that are kind of in the back. Yeah. For the front, I totally like, yeah, that's captain's chairs, that's someone driving and someone navigating. I always buckle in the front. Yeah. The, well, the question is, do you drive it? Yes. <laughs> do I like to drive it? Not really. I think, if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, I think the first time you actually drove it, Ryan took a video, and I think I have that. Yes. <laughs> Feel free to splice that in here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of like white knuckled and like, hey, yeah, here I am. Because how but long? How long is it? Forty feet. Forty feet. But then we tow um, a ram truck behind that, mm -hmm. and a motorcycle. And a, well, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not a triple tow, but it is. There's a lift on the back of the RV, the bikes on that, and then tow the truck. Yeah, so it's still spaced out at least the width of a motorcycle. It's nerve-wracking, yes. Oh, I bet. I can drive it if need be, like literally just from a gas station, get on the entrance ramp, get on the highway, and get off the entrance ramp. That's about all that I like to do. See, and see that that brings up another thing that I, that I was I was excited for him, but like you have like the family car, which is a four-door pickup truck, which is freaking awesome. But um, the other part of that is like Ryan you know, he needs to leave you with a car with the kids because the kids have stuff to do and then and you have stuff to do. So logical thing is, let me buy a motorcycle. Yeah. So he bought a motorcycle. And I, yeah. I love motorcycles. The only reason I don't ride them is because I live too close to the city. And it's just, to me, I, I used to ride all the time. And there's just too many people around that are on phones now. That's the reason I sold the last one I had. But if you're kind of in the desert, maybe you're a wide open place, I would totally have another one. But I, when you were like, yeah, he's going to, we're going to get a, a lift for the motorcycle <laughs> to haul it on the back of the RV. And then he can just ride the motorcycle to work. And if you're out West and you don't have to deal as much with torrential downpours as the East coast, then why not? So I was excited that he was able to do that. And he still does that, right? He actually does not care to drive his motorcycle in Vegas. Oh, really? And it I guess would, if you drive in Vegas, you would understand why. Okay. So he used to love when we lived in Petaluma, he would go over all the rolling hills by the vineyards. That was his ride to work. That was perfect. Mm -hmm. Now he's a city city. It's yeah. not fun. It's a lot of stop and go. He's constantly. That's the same reason I got rid of. So mine. his eight minute drive to work with the bike is boring and dangerous. Yeah. If now. you can, if you can hit back roads and wide open and everything, that's, yeah, that's, that's, his, the, I, that's his perfect, like he loves that. Yeah. So if you, if you leave you where you're currently at and you park somewhere more rural, like if you went up to Petaluma again, like you said, then that would be perfect. Like yeah. that's the ideal place. Like if, if I lived in a more rural place that had a bunch of back roads and stuff, I would hundred percent love to do that again. Yeah. Um, but where we are now is way too close to population. Like we live in a city or I guess in like a mile radius, there's like three cities that were, that were, that became, or there was one city that was broken up into three, like 20 years ago where we live. And between those three cities, there's like, I think there's like 300,000 people. So having that many people mm. in like a 20 mile radius is like, no, like that's just too much. There's too much traffic. You, you, you scald yourself sitting in traffic on a motorcycle because the heat just rises and just goes up your legs yeah. and all over your face. It's terrible. So, yeah, but Hey, I was excited that he, that he got that and that he still has it and that when he needs and maybe, to, maybe someday I will get on the back of it. And ride. You never have only around a parking lot. <laughs> That's not ready yet. <laughs> <laughs> How many years has he had it now? Three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's fine. It, it, it's nerve wracking. That's a sense of control um, that you really, even if it's so really, exposed, it's, yeah. I just, mm. I, I've only ridden on the back of a motorcycle with one person before. And you, at that point I was like, eh, I don't think so. 
So maybe and, that's it too. Maybe I just need to drive my own. It's you're right. It does. Yeah. You're it, really trusting that person. Yeah. It's <laughs> like some people have anxiety being in the passenger seat of a car, a motorcycle, like you said, way more exposed, way yeah. more going on. Mm. But, um, so then now you, you, you decided at some point that you wanted to be in a more permanent place, but still be in the RV. So then you moved to Vegas and that's where you are permanently for the time being. And so you, you purchased a property in like a gated RV park. Yeah. So you have your own driveway that fits your 40 foot RV and has a spot for you to put the truck and the bike. Yep. And then you, permanently sit it there and that way you own the property it's in a community specifically designed for people who live that sort of life and it's very well maintained and you have it's like your house is inside out yeah because being in a desert makes it easier for you to have outdoor amenities that you would never be able to have if you lived in atlanta True. because there's so much rain and humidity and all this other stuff, but you've got an actual outdoor area that you, that you spend most of your time in. So you're not necessarily in the RV all the time. Right. Right. Thank God for that. So it's like you have a full kitchen. Yep. So it kind of washer every, so yeah, it's literally a full kitchen outside, but it has a cover over the yep. top. Yep. So you don't have to, and then being in a gated area, you don't have to worry about people just walking through your neighborhood no. and trying to steal stuff. Because you have security. In we have security too. in like nine, ten foot walls around the whole park. Right. And then we also have an outside living room as well, which is great for kids. I mean, it's a great entertaining area too. Just when the kids have their friends over, just, okay, go outside. <laughs> so I think that's an advantage too, because being in a confined space, all three of your kids probably don't want to be inside the RV at the same time. So yeah. they're going to go outside and it's like a lot of kids I know these days, it's a common complaint. I don't have children. So I'm just going off of what other people have said. They'd like to spend a lot of time inside and not, not interact, not go outside, not experience like fresh air or whatever, which was even a problem when I was younger because that was when video games started getting more realistic. And I knew a ton of kids that would come home from school and not go back outside until they, you know, caught the bus the next morning. Right. So that was 20 something years ago. But now your kids don't really have a choice unless they just want to be on top of each other. Right. Right. So that gives them a, a place that they spread out. And I think you obviously think this too, like the more fresh air you have in your lungs, the better. Yeah. The more experience you have in nature and just, having the sun touch you is better if you, you know, if you're in a spot where you can do that. Yep. Um, so they, they're able, even though they technically sleep in close quarters, they don't have to exist in close quarters. And that is, that's true. Even if you're parked somewhere in a park and not necessarily where you are now. Right. Mm -hmm. So they can, they're of age where they graze, right? Yep. Like you, you just, they go off and do their own thing. Yeah. Okay. They're very independent. Okay. And you don't have to work. And they're not really the kids that want to be inside mm -hmm. a lot of, just because of how we lived, I guess. So naturally they just all, they'll all just be outside, but there's enough space. Someone can game. Someone can sit at the table, do crafts. There's another area with like a little day bed thing. I mean, there's, yes, we're very lucky to have that space. It's and, a really and then cool setup. having a creative mom and then having art supplies kind of at the ready. Oh, yes. And that's another thing with that outside space is there's two little garage things. One side has a fridge in it. The other side has the washer and dryer. 
but I can store a lot of art stuff out there that I can't store in the RV. Yeah, because you can... <laughs> so I've accumulated a lot of things. So you can only put so much inside, and then you have under yeah. storage, too, but you can only put so much underneath it. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, um, so now you're at a point, so you're three years in, thereabouts you're gonna well you're gonna yeah you're about you'll yeah almost four or yeah. coming up on four later this yeah, year. yeah november will be four years it'll be four time. years so now that the kids are getting older because what are the ages 14 and well one's about to be 13 one's 14 and one's 11. okay so now at this point obviously you're happy with what you've done you're happy with how much you all have grown as a family you're able to homeschool your kids and you're connected to other people who homeschool their kids and you meet up and you have like a community of, you know, people like that, that you constantly meet up with. The kids have social interaction. They have the ability to go out and do whatever they want to do. It's like you said, they like being outside anyway, so you don't have to force them mm -hmm. to go outside. But if any, you know, they would, if it were the other way, if it were flipped, then they would kind of not have a choice. They'd have to experience out the outside world yeah. on their own because of that situation. But now, Four years in, kids are getting older. Are you at the point that now it's time to maybe migrate away from the RV life um, as an everyday thing and maybe get into a brick and mortar home? Yes, yes, that's exactly where we're at. Ryan and I could stay in the RV forever. Yeah. So, but we've kind of had to put our desires away right now because what our life is about is just the kids right now right and we're like okay this is what they want we'll just give it to them it's not a big deal like you know they're with us for such a short amount of time so they ask for doors bedrooms they want bedrooms you know they all have these i have one daughter that's really into interior decorating and architecture and stuff so she wants to design this amazing bedroom and i want her to be able to do that and i have a son who wants to design a whole gaming area so i want him to be able to do that and then I have another daughter who just wants crystals and plants and rocks everywhere. You know, I, so I want her to have that. Sounds um, like you. She is my mini. It's Ava. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's my mini me. So um, the next step is in the next few months, we're going to be looking for a house. So in near Vegas and in near Vegas, wherever. And does that mean that the RV comes to an end? Or? That means we're not sure what we're going to do with the RV. Keep the RV as like a guest house. Mm. A lot of houses in Vegas have an RV garage area. Right. It's like a long car. It's like a tall carport thing um, to park your RV in to keep it out of the sun. Um, so I guess, yeah, that's our next, our next adventure. A house wow we've lived in 400 square feet for years now and we've become very very close and i don't regret anything because i feel like my daughters getting into their teenage years it was very important for me to be very present and right there and i mm -hmm. think that's where a lot of things happen where parents aren't right there but i was right there um and i just feel like that was so i don't know and not not Crucial. as like a not as a smother or not as a no, helicopter no, not a helicopter no but there I'm here if you need me. And just being in 400 square feet, we're always there. I understand that's not super healthy for the rest of our lives to be like that. but And, th and that's why we've like organically kind of come away from it. It wasn't like, okay, this is it. We're done. It's not working. It's just naturally pulled apart like that, you know, like onto the next chapter. And we're all on the same page. We've all voted. We've all had, you know, pros and cons lists. We've, we've gone through it all. So, And I think it's valuable. Um from just the outside looking in as someone who's never lived that experience but like i think you did it the right way as far as i'm concerned because you went into it with like the only reason you wanted to do that was you wanted 
meaningful, lasting experiences that they can tell to, you know, their significant others. They can tell to their children if they have children. They can tell to any friends that they have in the future or whatever. They have the experiences. You weren't trying to do something um, like that to as a, as a type of circumstance of like, we need to be more connected as a family. So now we're going to shove each other into right. this small space because that's, I think a recipe for disaster. You weren't trying to solve anything. Like you were trying to sing it. Yeah. Yeah. You were just trying to give an opportunity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I, I think that's a pitfall that I've seen some people take when they decide like, I want to live that. I want to be that. And their whole thing is like, I want, I'm trying to solve a problem. Like my kids are distant from me. And rather than trying to nip that in the bud and figure out what it is on surface level, um, they try to force it as like, well, if we're, if we're forced to live in the same space, if we're supposed to be in this close quarters, we'll have no choice but mm. to get closer. And I don't think that's the right approach. Nothing works. Nothing ever works in that kind of no. <laughs> flow. So. But, but your family and your relationships were healthy and you were on the right track and you were happy with where you were and you're just like, opportunity we can do this let's try yeah, it was just for fun it wasn't like we we're fixing something that was broken right. or trying to mend a marriage or a, and it was nothing like that no you're right right okay so that's so i guess you would agree like it's for you it was a great thing for you to do is it for everybody it's not for everybody that's that you heard a lot of happy moments right <laughs> but there was a lot of scary times and you know, it's a lot of work setting up and t tearing down. And if you're not into that kind of thing, <laughs> well, I guess it depends what you're driving, really. I, I would say before you do this, if you decide, just there's so many videos out there on like the pros and cons. And then that way you can really look through everything and be like, okay, no, I don't ever want to deal with that. Or I don't know, but th that's what we did. We did a lot of research online a lot. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's for everybody. Definitely not. Do you think you could do it? No. 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 And my wife, Anne-Marie, is behind could the camera. Could not do She's it. She's shaking her head no. Because. And I want to be like, but try it. Just, it's so, <laughs> but yeah. Okay. We, we like we like being a little more spread out than, than that. Uh, being together is awesome. We spend a lot of time within, you know, a, a foot of each other. But yeah. sometimes, you know, I, I, I don't think I would do well with it. I've never been, um, I like going places. I don't like camping necessarily mm. i like i do like being planted um I, I like i like traveling to like see her family in illinois from georgia i like doing that i liked coming out to arizona to um get married and all that stuff i like that um i'm glad you like that yeah that's <laughs> good <laughs> right but you know i don't if, if we had to drive it yeah no no we drive to illinois uh for christmas in my car with the dog and it's fine. And you know, it takes like 12 different, well, depending on the, the circumstance, but realistically it takes 12 to 13 hours. Sometimes it takes more, but you know, that's fine. I can do that. I can handle that. I've driven to Texas, um, in one shot from Georgia and it took like 18 hours. Like I've, I've done that, but it, it takes its toll on me. I'm sure you get used to it. Um, if you travel all the time, like if you're over the road truck driver or yeah. if you just travel with, your RV and your family all the time. I'm sure you get used to it. Uh, I don't really want to get used to it. <laughs> I love driving. I just don't like doing anything that's more than say 12 hours at yeah. a time. If I can yeah, we don't it. either usually. Yeah. That's when we'll be like, all right, Walmart, find a parking lot. <laughs> yeah. That's what we usually do. If we're on, like if we're en route from like West coast, East coast, we just 
we don't really have campgrounds. We just stop wherever boondock it. I see. And then we use um, the Love's gas station. Drew actually recommended um, that the Love's gas station showers are very awesome and clean. And he's not joking. They have an attendant there that wipes down the showers after you're done. I mean, it's so awesome. So then we just shower there and keep on a trucking. Because if you fill up there, they give you a yeah, shower. Yeah, we get free there. showers. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but cool. if you don't, it's it's like what twelve bucks or something. Yeah, it's like fifteen a shower, but you can all go in together. There's two different rooms, so oh. we can separate girls and boys and never see each other. So we just switch. Oh, I and didn't know we're that. All in there. Okay, so you can your whole family showers for yeah. fifteen dollars. Yeah, not together. <laughs> no, well, we usually do boys and girls, but when when we first were on the road, we did do joint, but then we had to we just separated. Oh, interesting. Okay, so yeah, I didn't know that part of it. All I knew is that you'd started that when you do travel, like that's your thing now. When you told me that, I was like, mm, are they really that clean? Let me see. Yeah, I think yeah, the History were. Channel for that because I watched something on trucking and I, oh. and I was like, yes. Exactly. And then I then. When, I think when I drove to Illinois at some point, we stopped at one, and I looked like in there. I'm like, oh, oh, you took. I didn't take a shower. I was just like, is this really what it shows on TV? Yep. Like, is this really what it is? And then, uh, like, I kind of peered around the corner, and it's like marble hallway and like. Yeah, tile. and they literally are like, oh, not yet, and they'll wipe down all the water and moisture in there, so you go into a very dry bathroom. It's just odd, oddly clean, but <laughs> I love it. They gotta entice people to come to their to their truck stops, but anyway, so. Is there anything else you want to touch on with that? Or because if like, I, I think this is a, a very interesting little window into your life that I, I'm happy we're able to. Talk yeah, about. no, I, the, we're not done traveling. Okay. Like that is part of like, we are constantly, I mean, I'm here now, like I'm six hours from home. I mean, I, these trips, I, we do all the time. We go to Sedona. That's the thing about Vegas, why we're kind of all set on living here basically until the kids are out of high school. Um, is because the loca location is so great. There's so much around us. Any, everything in Utah, California, we've got Arizona. It's just everything we love is right here. So I don't. there's no reason to go anywhere else. Beautiful. That's awesome. So yeah, that's it. Okay. Well, uh, thanks, for, thanks for coming on. Um, and um, I appreciate you taking the time to do so. Thanks for having me. I feel like that was like two hours long. Oh, I don't even know I haven't timed it. Oh. But uh, if, it, if it isn't, if it is, then we're good to go. But uh, yeah, thanks for being here. And uh, tune in because we're going to have another episode at some point soon. So I hope you all have an awesome day. Thank you. Bye.